Hey, Simple Fam, it's Elliot here, and welcome back to another podcast episode. Today, I decided to do something a little different because I remember a um, couple months ago, like a year ago, I read to you guys every part of my book that I wrote about my abusive ex. And so um, I wanted to do something like that, but a book I I wrote about something that happened to me in 2015. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to read you guys basically the entire thing and just dive into what happened in 2015 and stuff. So yeah, um, to answer any questions that people may have. Um, yes, I did do that when I was 12. I was 12 in 2015, and it happened. Uh, yes, I did regret it extremely, especially because of what happened afterwards. And yes, it did bring my family closer together, strangely, um, because I had my internet taken away, so I basically was brought closer to my family a little bit, so... Yeah. Anyways. Let's get started. This book is called Internet Lie. Picture it. Early March 2015. Connecticut. It's almost spring, but the air is still cold and crisp. There's remnants of snow on the ground, still from a snowstorm that happened a few weeks ago. School is preparing for spring break and getting ready to take exams. The trees are so naked and the grass still gets frozen every morning. Elliot was a loner. He always has been since the beginning of elementary all the way up till now. He knew how to make friends, but sometimes they didn't stay or they didn't want to be his friend. So like any preteen would do in the late 2000s, he would take to the internet to make his friends and speak with them too. He had only one form of social media, though, and the rest of his socializing was spent on video games mostly. His tablet didn't support social media sites like Instagram and Snapchat, so he had to rely on Messenger and Facebook. His favorite socializing video game was Small Worlds, where he spent most of his time chatting with his friends from all over the country or even all over the world. He knew a lot of people online, but not in real life. Seventh grade was a tough year for Elliot. He didn't have many friends to hang out with while he was at school. He had a couple, but once he entered seventh grade, things changed for those friendships and for him too. See, where he's from, sixth grade was in a completely different building and far away from the building where he went to school for seventh and eighth grade. So when he transferred to seventh grade, it was an entirely different culture and his friends got separated from him because the school relied on separating their children onto different teams. He was on the orange team and had his classes in those hallways, whereas his friends were mostly on purple. Their teams never collaborated with each other and rarely had lunch together, so he was stuck making new friends again or being alone. This left Elliot feeling lonely, especially because some of those kids didn't want to make friends with him based off of their knowledge of his grades and how he gives up easily when things get tough for him in class. One girl didn't even want to be his partner because of her knowledge of his grade in the class, and how she believed he would make her fail the project they were working on. 
but they were forced to be partners because there was nobody else that they could partner up with. The point is, Elliot felt lonely. He didn't have many friends, so he took to social media and a socializing video game he enjoyed to feel less lonely than he was. People in his classes were already experimenting with dating, but Elliot knew nobody would go out with him. Based on the fact that he didn't have any friends to begin with, that could be interested in him romantically, and most of the boys and girls on his team were popular such jocks. They didn't want to socialize or date someone who was a loner and was fat and kept to themselves most of the time. Elliot wanted someone to feel romantic feelings with. So he came up with an idea. Let's join a dating site. Adults are always on those sites looking for lovers of romantic interest. Why can't he? He desperately wanted to find someone to feel romantic feelings with, and maybe even develop a relationship with, since that's what everyone was doing in the school anyway. Even though he knew he had to be an adult to join a dating website or app, he joined anyway and lied about his age, so they would allow him to be on a platform without any trouble. He joined a dating website called Badoo. It was a random website where teenagers, 18 plus, and adults could match and talk with one another and decide if they want to meet up or not take things further, whether it be friendships or romantic interests. He lied on his profile and said he was 19 years old. The only thing he kept true to himself, true about himself, was his location, what he looked like, and his interests. See, during this time, Elliot was already being mistaken as older than he was. He always has been, even when he was just 8 years old. People thought he belonged to middle school, but yet he was just a 3rd grader. So passing off as a 19-year-old on the platform was very easy as pie because of his facial features. A few weeks had passed since he joined the dating website. He talked with a couple people there, but nothing fell through. Some people ghosted him or just weren't as interested as they said they were, and eventually a match with him and left him alone. But one day, he got a match from a guy named Johnny. Johnny was a handsome-looking, chubby Mexican guy from a city that wasn't too far from Elliot's. They headed off pretty easily and began talking about meeting up in a few short days to get to know each other and maybe do some sexual things, as they seemed pretty sexually interested in one another. Note that Johnny thought Elliot was 19. Elliot agreed to meet up with him in a couple days when he felt he was free so they could get to know each other a little bit more and maybe go on a date. Elliot felt thrilled to have found somebody who expressed interest in him and wanted romantic things from him. The days passed and it was time for Elliot to meet Johnny. Elliot felt extremely nervous the morning of the day when they were supposed to meet. He had a gut feeling that he was doing something wrong and he shouldn't be doing it, but he allowed the day to continue on as normal. Elliot and Johnny agreed to meet up for after work for Elliot. Elliot had claimed he worked at the school he went to instead of actually going to school there. So he told Johnny to meet him after school instead of <laughs> So he told Johnny to meet him after school ended outside his house around four o'clock. That gave Elliot enough time to get ready and try to mentally prepare himself for this date he was about to be going on. Four o'clock quickly arrived and it was time for Elliot to head downstairs from his apartment and go to meet Johnny. Johnny texted Elliot he had arrived and he was parked across the street from the apartment complex and to come meet him. Elliot was so nervous, his heart was pounding out of his chest. Elliot, everything could go wrong at this moment. Johnny could be a kidnapper or worse. His mom could say no and Elliot could just blow this whole thing off. His gut feeling was so strong but he kept ignoring it. 
After encouragement from Johnny that things will be okay, Elliot decided to go ask his mother if he could go over to his friend's house down the road to go play with him for a while. His mother said she didn't care and to be back by dinner time so he wouldn't miss eating, and Johnny decided to go outside and meet, go meet Johnny for the first time. His heart was beating so heavy as he stepped closer and closer to Johnny. It was so awkward between them, even though they had no problem talking online. Elliot just shrugged it off because of the fact they were just meeting in person for the first time. Elliot brought his tablet with him and his house keys so he could go back inside when it was time for him to be dropped off from the date. Johnny asked Elliot where they should go and Elliot had no idea. Elliot knew Johnny wanted sexual favors from him as they had previously discussed this while communicating with one another over the dating website. He didn't know any good secluded spots around the town where they wouldn't be seen. But Elliot decided that they should go to the tiny little market that sold convenience store items just down the road from his house so they, so Johnny didn't have to travel far. The small market never got any customers around this time and was always super quiet. The employees inside never paid much attention to the parking lot so it was a perfect spot for where they wanted to do the deed. Johnny agreed and traveled about a minute down the road and they were there. Johnny and Elliot spent a couple minutes talking to one another about random things that would be calming each other down. They talked about how they were doing and what they planned on doing after this, what was on Elliot's tablet, and how work was going. After talking and finally calming down from the nervous jitters, Johnny finally asked Elliot if he could kiss him. Elliot agreed and began making out in the front seat. Johnny began touching him and intimately as they made out and eventually things got heated. Johnny asked Elliot if he would like to if he would like it if they moved to the back seat for a little more, more room. And Elliot agreed as it was getting a bit annoying had a car's console in the way between them. They moved into the back seat without being seen by anybody and began making out again. Now Johnny's car was quite small. Johnny was quite chubby and so was Elliot during this time. The only thing they could really do is make out and touch one another. Johnny ended up moving the seats forward and stripping from his pants and underwear. Elliot got asked to do the same and he hesitantly agreed. Johnny touched Elliot down there intimately and began making Elliot orgasm. After a couple of rounds of that, Elliot was asked to give Johnny a blowjob. Elliot had never done that before in his entire life as this was his first sexual encounter ever. He didn't know how to, but he agreed anyway. He seen porn before as he experimented with touching himself in private, so he'll just follow what he has seen in the porn videos he had watched. Elliot began giving Johnny a blowjob in the backseat and then giving him a handjob after his jaw got tired. Johnny eventually orgasmed and the date was over. Johnny, Elliot and Johnny got dressed and Johnny moved the seats back to their proper positions and before Elliot knew it, he was back home. Johnny couldn't hang out with Elliot any longer because he had to pick up his own mother from work, so Elliot was immediately rushed home after they did the deed. Elliot was calmer after he was home and he drank some juice to help calm himself down from what he had just experienced. It was hurting from doing what he did. A few hours passed and Elliot began talking with Johnny over the dating app again. They began discussing the next date as Johnny had a good time and Elliot agreed. Even though deep inside, Elliot knew he shouldn't continue what he was doing with Johnny as it was wrong and eventually he'll find out the truth. But he ignored his gut feeling yet again and planned his next date with Johnny. This time, Elliot was a bit more stupid than the first time. He told Johnny to pick him up from work early and tell the office I was there to pick him up 
her doctor's appointment and claimed that Johnny was a relative. Johnny was confused on that part. Why would he need to claim that he was a relative? Elliot pretended it was just a security precaution the school did. They didn't want random people trying to pick up their employees or kids, so they had to make sure you were a relative or a parent or if an employee or kid needed to be picked up. Johnny understood after some convincing and her date was set in place to happen the next day around 2 p.m., an hour before school was supposed to let out. On the morning of the next day, Elliot had such a gut-wrenching feeling the day was going to go wrong, and that was what he was doing was terribly wrong. He almost wanted to blow it off and tell Johnny he would meet him some other time, but instead he ignored his gut feeling again and decided to just go through with it. It'll be fine. They'll believe Johnny is relative and they'll let Elliot go with him, and he'll have an extra hour to himself and have fun with Johnny, just like he did the previous day. So he packed things So he packed things that he thought he needed for the date, some fragrance and a hairbrush to fix his hair, and headed on his way to the school bus that morning. Time passed very slowly for Elliot, which didn't help his, help his anxiety of the situation at all. He couldn't communicate with Johnny during this time as he could never get his tablet to connect to the school internet, so he was stuck thinking of the worst case scenarios and how this could go wrong. But he tried to remain positive and reassure himself that things would go okay and that he'll have a fun hour and a half with Johnny before he has to go home again, before his parents get suspicious as to why he's not home. Finally, as he entered his last class for the day, it was time for Johnny to arrive to pick Elliot up from school. Elliot was such a nervous wreck, he couldn't stop shaking his leg underneath his desk. He couldn't concentrate on the lesson that his class was learning. All he could concentrate on was the time. It was taking such an awfully long time for him to be called to the office for dismissal. Why was it taking so long? He didn't know and began to grow worried and anxious. But as he grew anxious, his teacher finally received a call from the office to let him go for dismissal. So Elliot happened got up and went to his locker right outside the classroom and began gathering his belongings to go with Johnny. Yet, as he was gathering his belongings, he overheard from the classroom what he feared would happen. They called again and said to not allow Elliot to go downstairs for dismissal because something went wrong. Elliot went downstairs anyway to see what was happening and found Johnny in the office talking to one of the ladies that worked inside. Johnny looked upset and so did the office lady. Another office lady was talking to one of Elliot's teachers and describing the situation. Johnny told the office lady that he believed Elliot was an employee there and that's why he's here to pick him up because he has a doctor's appointment. The office lady told him no, Elliot's not an employee here, he is a student. Johnny looked horrified and upset. Why did Elliot lie? Why did he bring Johnny into this situation? Elliot's emotions quickly went downhill and he threw his backpack on the ground and began rushing back to his classroom. He eventually made it back upstairs and sat down in a very depressed mood. He wouldn't talk to anybody and just pretended to do some work to make the time pass. Elliot got called down to the office again a couple minutes later and Elliot immediately felt anxiety. The situation isn't over yet, he thought. Why isn't it over yet? He just wanted it to be over because he didn't want to deal with any of the consequences that may arrive with the situation. But he hesitantly went downstairs and headed to the office to find Johnny still standing there and talking to the office ladies like he was 20 minutes ago before he rushed back to his classroom in a depressed state. One of the office ladies, let's call her Tina, began talking to Elliot and scolding him about the situation. Why did he do this? Why did he think bringing a stranger to school would be a good idea? Who was his, and why did he think 
they would allow him to go with him when he wasn't even on his emergency contacts list. Elliot forgot to do one thing before this entire situation happened. Add Johnny onto his contact list. See, in order for students to be released for dismissal, dismissal, they have to be released to somebody on their contact list. This was a security precaution all schools did and all schools still do to make sure they aren't releasing a child to the wrong person or potentially a kidnapper. Elliot had created a fake note and forged his mother's signature, but yet he had forgotten to bring it to the office that morning to give it to the office lady so Johnny could be added to the emergency contact list so he could be released to him when it came time for dismissal. If the note had worked, he would have been released. If the note didn't work, he would have gotten in trouble anyway, but also wouldn't have been in as bad of a situation. Tina continued to scold Elliot and ask him the same questions, but Elliot had no answer to them. He didn't know why he did this. He didn't know why he thought bringing a stranger to school would be a good idea. And he also knew who this person was, but not entirely. And he didn't know why he thought they would release him to a stranger they didn't know. Especially since Johnny wasn't on his contact list. Tina made him apologize to Johnny about bringing him into this mess and told him it wouldn't happen again. Johnny just stood there silently and didn't say a word to Elliot, which he deserved. Elliot brought Johnny into a mess that he didn't deserve to be brought into it in the first place. And it wasn't Johnny's fault that Elliot felt so lonely that he thought he had to find someone dull on the internet to hang out with. After a while, Elliot was brought into the principal's office with a school resource officer. They talked to Elliot for a while to figure out what had happened and why he thought he needed to do such a thing. They dived into Elliot's past a little bit and tried to understand him and his actions. Elliot decided to reveal, reveal this wasn't the first time he had talked with the older man, that he had a connection with an older man named Mitch from Tennessee, who he had met online as well as sexual feelings for, but they eventually stopped talking after Elliot grew jealous that Mitch had found a girlfriend and didn't have time to talk with him anymore. He told the school resource officer and principal that he felt lonely, and that's why he tried connecting with older men online and other people so that he could feel what most of his peers do, since they're all experimenting with dating too. He was told that it was an excuse to meet strangers on the internet and pursue sexual relationships with older men because it's illegal. Elliot was forced to give up his social media accounts and his devices over the school resource officer and a second police officer that was brought in. His parents and grandmother were brought to the school to discuss further plans for himself going forward. Elliot had to show the school resource officer and a second police officer his Facebook account to show the conversations he had with Mitch and other people. Elliot had his tablet in his bag, which he planned to hide from everyone as he didn't want it. His internet being taken away from him. But he eventually gave up and told the truth that he had his tablet in his bag and he handed it over to the principal, who thanked him for being honest. After two hours of talking through what happened, after two hours of talking through what happened, went by, and then Elliot was told he had to go to the hospital to get a rape kit done. People under 18 cannot con- consent to sex in Connecticut, so even though he was very consenting towards a sexual encounter with Johnny, it was still considered statutory rape, so he had to go get a rape kit performed on him. Elliot, his parents, and his grandmother followed the school resource officer to the hospital, where Elliot then proceeded to wait in the waiting room until it was his turn to get a bed. He stripped down and put on the hospital gown and just lay there in the hospital bed, ashamed of what he had done 
and caused his parents and grandmother and basically his entire family who would later know about the situation. He knew he should have just told Johnny that one date was enough and that he won't be seeing him again, but he just wanted one more day with Johnny to feel romantic feelings again towards someone. He knew he shouldn't have planned for Johnny to pick him up from school. He should have waited until he got home and repeated the process he did the day before. But instead, he was stupid and ignored his gut feelings. He shouldn't have done anything with Johnny at all and just stayed off of the dating website in its entirety. But they don't call young people young and dumb for nothing. Elliot sat in the mostly awkward silence with his parents and his grandmother the entire hospital trip. Elliot's mother was mostly pissed off at him for doing such a thing, and she told Elliot multiple times he was going to get the rape, rape kit done. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. He knew he had to get it done, or the whole thing, whole time they were there, the hospital was for nothing. The hospital staff was very friendly and even gave Elliot a blanket that he could keep, since he was cold while waiting in the hospital room. Elliot told the hospital staff multiple times all he did was have oral sex with Johnny, but they decided to do a culture of his vagina walls anyway. Elliot is transgender female to male. Then they did an oral swab to collect any DNA samples. Johnny might have left even though it was, has already been more than 24 hours since the last encounter. Now all Elliot and his family had to do was wait for further instruction. After another hour or so, Ellie was given a pill that would abort a child and make him miscarry if he was pregnant from a sexual encounter, and an anti-nausea medication as the abortion pill makes people nauseous after taking it. He was told to go. He was then told to go in his merry way, and so he did. Elliot spent the night at his grandmother's house after picking up his anti-nausea medication, and he cried himself to sleep. What would follow is an intense year full of getting his parents' trust back from the incident that they had. He spent several weeks going to places with his parents and discussing what had happened during early March with Johnny. He got scolded a bunch of times by different people, saying he could have been in a far worse situation if Johnny would have been a kidnapper or probably murdered him. He understood this, but this wasn't the case and he wished that people would stop bringing it up. What he did not understand, though, is why he kept having to go to his meetings and discuss what happened that day. Why did he keep having to repeat himself all the time to different kinds of people? What good was this doing? After a couple of weeks of endless meetings with different kinds of people and social workers, Elliot would soon be faced with having to deal with child protective services, being at his house weekly. He didn't understand why CPS had to be there. It wasn't like his parents forced him to go, with, go out with Johnny. This was entirely Elliot's doing, and this had nothing to do with his parents. But it wasn't like he could just... It wasn't like he could just tell him to go away or anything because he was just a kid and he wouldn't listen to him. So he was forced to talk to them on a weekly basis about how, how things were going at home and had to have them inside his home too to see how things were going. What really ticked him off is one of the CPS workers told, him, told his parents that he shouldn't be allowed internet on his Xbox even though he didn't communicate with anybody on his Xbox because he didn't have any friends on there. Didn't add anybody either because he couldn't search for the people up. He had to know their gamer tag, and all they played was Minecraft all day and night and all night. But no, he got his internet taken away on his Xbox too, which would send him into endless boredom. He used the internet on his Xbox only to watch YouTube videos that kept him happy and sane throughout this whole experience. But he guessed that his stupidity deserved to have everything taken away from him at this point. 
It wasn't until the summer of 2015 that CPS stopped coming to the house and Elliot had to begin therapy at school and outside of school. He attended bi-weekly appointments in an office in another city 20 minutes away from his home where he had his first couple of sessions with his parents where he learned some things that made him feel awful for what he had done, especially because his dad was upset by the fact that Ellie had done such a thing. The sessions with his parents brought up a lot of things that were never brought up ever, but Ellie was happy that they were. His school psychologist worked on his loneliness problems and just allowed him a safe space to talk and relax, whereas his new psychologist at the therapy center outside of school was even a better place to relax and unwind talk about his problems and share his interests with someone who would listen. Its therapist, Jessica, was amazing in every way and helped him through a lot. Eventually, after a year of therapy and parents deciding that he could resume his inter- internet privileges, things took a turn for the better and now Elliot realizes that he should never lie about his age on the internet again and is living a happy life as, his, as an adult with his fiance, and has never looked back at this event until now. And yeah, that is the end of that. Um, basically, I want to explain a couple of things that people might have questions about. Um, especially towards like the end. Um, to this day, I still do not understand why I had to deal with CPS. Um with my parents like I said in the book uh it was all my doing and it's not like my parents forced me to go out with the guy I just I never really understood why CPS had to be involved and I also didn't understand why I had to talk to all those people just for doing what I did um it I don't really believe that they really pursued a case against the guy that I had things with. Um, Most because this was all me enticing him to do stuff with me because I was lonely as a child. Um, But yeah, I just, I really didn't understand why I had to deal with CPS and I... I hated my CPS uh, workers. They always invaded my privacy. They always, like, I had these journals that I kept uh, growing up where I would vent about my emotions and also talk about stuff that I wouldn't talk to my parents about because I didn't feel like talking to them about it. And they took my journals because apparently I wasn't allowed to have anything um, even journals, which were on the internet, by the way, they were very paper journals that you would keep personally, and yet they took it away. Um, after that, I became really good at hiding things like that. Like, if I got another journal, I would make sure that it was either under my pillow or somewhere in my room that I only knew about and only had access to. Um, basically, the other people I talked to 
just ask me the same old questions over and over about the situation. Um, they never really asked me anything different. I got scolded by a bunch of adults about the entire situation over and over again, and it was just exhausting. And, yeah. All in all, I do regret uh, the situation. I I didn't really want to put my parents, what I put my parents through. Um, I was very, very stupid when I was a child. I didn't, I still to this day don't really understand why I did what I did and why I thought it was okay to do what I did. Like, I really don't understand to this day why 12-year-old me thought that was an okay idea to get the guy to pick me up from school, especially an hour early. Um, And by the way, the note, like, the note that I mentioned about adding the guy to my contact list and also forging my mother's signature... The signature was very bad, and, um, it was in my handwriting, so, even though my handwriting has been nice since the seventh grade, I really think they would have picked up that my mother did not write the letter. Um, they probably would have called her anyway about it, even if I did give the letter to them in the morning, like I was supposed to. But yeah. And then. But yeah, I got my internet privileges taken away. I got my tablet taken away. Um, I was able to play Minecraft on my Xbox and watch TV and stuff, but that was about it. And when I got my internet back. Um, I got my internet back, I think, around Christmas or January uh, 2016. I got my internet back. Um, but the version of my internet that I got back was I was not allowed on social media. Uh, the only sites I could visit was the virtual world video game that I described in the beginning. And access to my email and YouTube and that was it. I couldn't access anything else. I could Google stuff, especially if it, you know, pertained to homework and stuff, but I was not allowed on any social media sites and any other, like, social networking sites uh, that I could potentially talk to people on. Uh, Yes, I could talk to people on my virtual world video game, um, but I never met anybody older than, like, 18 on that game. In the beginning, anyway, so it didn't really... It didn't really make much of a difference, so that's why my parents allowed me on the game. And, yeah. I was only allowed on the internet for... I think it was an hour or two every day. I know on school nights, I was only allowed on it from 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock, which was my bedroom, my bedtime. 
uh, when I was younger and in middle school. And then on weekends, on weekends I actually was not on the computer because on weekends I got, uh, I went to my grandmother's so I was on the computer. So, but if I had like a long weekend and I came home on a Sunday from my grandmother's house, I could spend an extra two hours, um, like an extra hour on the computer because of the long weekend. But if I stayed the entire long weekend at my grandmother's, then I wouldn't be able to access my computer because my computer was a desktop, so it wasn't portable like laptops are, so... And yeah, and I also was given like extra time if I got good grades or it was like nearing the summer, so I didn't really have that many classes. And towards like the summer where we were beginning to move to California, because my parents decided to move to California to air quote start over. Um... I was allowed more time on it, and I ultimately got my internet back 100% when we moved to California, because I ended up getting a laptop when we moved to uh, California, and, well, I was against my mother's wishes, but my dad was like, you know, he's earned it, he obviously has shown that we can trust him again, so I ended up getting my laptop and getting my internet back 100%. By that, I mean I could be on my laptop from like 6 a.m. when I got home from school all the way until 9 o'clock, and that's when the internet would shut off on my laptop. But I also had access to my Xbox as well, so I could continue my internet usage on there if I wanted to but I mostly didn't I mostly just watch YouTube until I fell asleep but yeah and then the um the things that were like brought up uh when I uh when I went to therapy with my parents uh, they are personal, so I'm not going to really share everything that happened during our therapy sessions. But a lot of stuff that was brought up, I never knew about. And it was all a tear shit. That's what I'll say about that. But ultimately, therapy did help a lot towards my relationship with my parents. Especially because most of my therapy sessions were involved with my parents so it did bring us closer together to talk about our issues and stuff and my therapist did help a lot about like everything not just the situation but like everything like I would I would read her you know snippets of books I would write as a little kid I would read her snippets of like diary entries to just talk about what I was going through in the entries um I would talk to her about my girlfriend in eighth grade and yeah 
And she also, my therapist also helped me come out to my parents as lesbian. Because before I came out as trans, I came out as lesbian because I thought I was a lesbian. Um, I wasn't. I was just a guy who liked girls at the time. But, you know, as time progressed, I am now a flaming homosexual who is married to a man. But, yeah. Ever since this situation has happened, I have never not... I have never lied about my age again. I am always truthful about my age. And I don't... Uh, when I was younger, uh, like when I was a teenager and stuff, I didn't go for older men. Um, when I was 18, though, I did go for older men. And now I am married to someone who is 10, 11 years older than me, which is completely fine because I am now a consenting adult, so I don't have to worry about getting in trouble or anything because I'm a consenting adult. So, yeah. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed me reading this book that I made. Um, it's not necessarily a book, more so a... It's a very small short story about what happened to me in 2015. Um, like I said, I do regret the entire situation. But I do not regret that the therapy that I had to go through because of this made my relationship a little bit better with my parents and my family. Um, I went through therapy for that entire year up until July 2016. And then we moved to California, and I never spoke to my therapist again because I kept forgetting to call her, and then she ended up uh, quitting the therapy center. And so I don't know where she is now. I hope she's still a therapist. I hope she's okay. I hope she's living. But yeah, so I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I know it was kind of a little weird. I'm sorry. I did weird shit as a child, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed, and I hope you guys have a lovely day or night, whatever time you are listening to this podcast episode, but yeah, I am going to go back to watch my movie and rest my throat because my throat hurts, and yeah, I hope you guys have a lovely day, goodbye.